Hey, B. Mm-hmm. Can I ask you a question? Always. What's the one thing when we travel that we always make sure we find? Oh, coffee. You know, bad coffee makes my brain angry. And we've been a lot of places. We've had a lot of coffee. But when we're home, there's only one place that we get coffee from. Yeah. Hacienda Real in Costa Rica. We found this place when we were in Costa Rica a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. And it's a micro roastery using only Costa Rican beans. Their blend is a mix of Arabica and Peaberry. And if you don't know about Peaberry, you need to find out about it because mm. it is amazing. It takes all the bitterness out. All the bitterness out. And we place orders and it's shipped directly to our door. You can get light, medium, or dark roast. You can get ground. You can get whole bean. And it is roasted to order. So there is a date stamped on your coffee so you know when it was roasted and bagged. It's good for a year after you order it. And it is the best coffee that we have ever had. So click the link in our show notes or go to goldenbean.net and use the offer code COFCHR20 for 10% off your order. Hacienda Real. Keep your brain happy. Hey, Dante. Hey, B. Looking pretty smart in your undies. Thanks. I've been doing my deads. <laughs> oh, I can see that. But it's not just what's in them. It's what's on them. Oh yeah, I got on my smart-ass undies. They're not just super comfy. They've got cheeky motivations on them that keep me in the right state of mind. Oh yeah, like we could all use a little brain lift these days, am I right? They're also lovingly made from sustainable, low-impact materials. So we can love the planet and cover our asses all at the same time. Motivate your ass with smart-ass undies. Click the link in the show notes or on the Things We Love page on our website. And remember to enter the discount code CHEATINGONFEAR10 for 10% off your order. Smart ass undies. Cheeky and comfy. Hi everyone, this is Dante. And I'm Beatrice. And this is Cheating on Fear. Welcome back, everybody. Welcome back. Ooh, this is a heavy one. That's a heavy sigh. It's the only kind I have. <laughs> so, lovely B, what are we talking about today? Well, we watched the documentary a little while ago, and we've talked about this topic. We've touched on it a few times, but mm-hmm. this this is the first time we've actually delved into this topic, and I felt like it was really, really important to have a larger scale discussion about, and it's about the pickup game. Yes, this is a documentary. Which we only just learned about, but actually is from 2019. Right. We'll put some links in so you can see the trailer. Mm -hmm. And it basically takes a look at the kind of culture and self-help business of learning how to be better with women. Mm -hmm. And better in the sense is banging chicks is basically what seems to be the ultimate goal of of these pickup artists. To get them into bed. The PUAs. Right. And... I mean, if if anybody's ever listened to the podcast before, you are well aware of how we feel about the manosphere yep. and red pill philosophy. And there's a lot and, of that overlap. And there's a lot this. of overlap with the men's rights movement, yeah. pickup game, red pillars, black pillars, incels, alpha males. Mm-hmm. So, which have a common? There's like a common theme between all of that, and and there's this these misogynistic 
kind of undertones mm-hmm. that are pervasive in all of these different groups of people. Yeah, and I uh, and I was aware of pickup game and I've uh, there's there's a few accounts on Twitter that are very active in that mm-hmm. realm but I was even shocked at how deep this goes and how much money and how it's marketed yeah. and and some of the some of the major players in this so so bear with us because I have a lot of notes <laughs> yes do you want to do you want to walk people through the doc Sure. Or do you want to touch on kind of well, themes or that, do both of them at the it's, same time? It's kind of how that's going to go, yeah. Okay. And actually, there were quite a few things that we noticed that had overlap with Nexium as well. Mm, NLP. Yeah. So Seems to be coming up a lot these days. I know. I think it's like red cars, you know what I mean? Where you just, you you're looking once. at a red car and then all you see is red cars. <laughs> it's, our, it's our red car. NLP is our red car right now. Yeah. Game, when we talk about game... It's basically a system of techniques to get women into bed. Mm-hmm. So it's called game. It's called pickup. It's called pickup game. Yeah. And there are justifications for it. And uh, of course, a lot of it has to do with, well, women do this. So this is okay. Right. That, that's, yeah, that, that women have all of these tools and tricks at their disposal. Mm-hmm. And if we have any, we as in like men, mm-hmm. have any... This is very like vanilla hetero sort of <laughs> it, it's dynamic. super heteronormative but binary if, but if men are gonna ever have a chance at unraveling all these advantages that women have in the dating scene perceived advantages that women mm. have in the dating scene we need to trick them essentially yeah it's only fair yeah and yeah. that's only fair that's just leveling the playing field yeah so like you know well women have makeup and push-up bras and BBLs. I just I just learned that this week. I'm like, what the hell is a BBL? Brazilian butt lift. Yeah, apparently teenagers yeah. are getting these now. That, but that's a whole other, you know what? Yeah. That's a whole other that show. Is. But and and it's like, okay, but when we're talking about emotional manipulation and coercion, yeah, that's very different than taking a trip to Sephora before your date. Mm-hmm. So I just want to say that. And because of the way women are socialized, women are vulnerable to this because we are socialized to defer to men. We are socialized to be polite, even when we're uncomfortable. And so a lot of the, especially the street pickup that we're going to talk about in a little bit, it works because women just, they they are not socialized to be like, fuck off. And some of them are. Like you see a lot of, there's a lot of POV footage that's used in this documentary and mm-hmm. and the interesting thing about this one was that we weren't sure where it was going no like you're not sure if it's you know a love letter to pick up or if it's an expose of pickup well when you when you're starting to like when you look at um who they're interviewing and you're like what what's going on here you know from from the from the cover art for the doc it doesn't look like it's going to be positive yeah and then true. you start watching it and you're getting all this access to people yeah. that seem to be fairly prominent figures yeah. in this. And I kept wondering through the whole thing, like, where is this going? Why yeah. would these people... It's one thing for them to be interviewed. It's another thing for them to sign off once they know what the interview content was about. Yeah, Where is this going? Well, it's 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 
akin to the Nexium documentary because you had the documentary filmmaker who had was right in the center of mm-hmm. it and had unlimited access for years yeah, yeah. of all this stuff. And so you think, okay, well... And it's sort of like that red pill, on the other side of it is that red pill documentary that we watched where they're interviewing major players and it's not, they're not apologetic no. about it. It's like, nope, this is the way it is. It, so, there's, there's this supposition throughout all of it that because women are using all these extra advantages of makeup and push-up bras and all these things to goose up their physical appearance, that the only way average guys are going to be able to compete with all the chads out there is if they <laughs> use these techniques, right? It, it's such a it's such an it's such a false sense of why you're not doing well with women. Yeah, like women. like women only care about those things that you are not. They ask other men what women are interested right. in and most uh, most often men have no idea what women actually Mm-mm. want or are looking for and women are different it's and this we've talked about this in the manosphere episodes yeah. and all this kind of thing it's not like all men are like this and all women are like this yeah. that's that's a false dichotomy and a false pretense to begin with so that foundation is so full of holes to begin with that like where do you go from there except more falsehood. Well, I think I think the problem is is that generally speaking, men in those situations all want the same thing. Well, but they women do. in yeah. those situations want a whole bunch of different things. That's true. Uh, yeah. yeah. And so so but they but this is the problem. All these guys think that well, if if all if all men want this, then clearly all women want one thing as well, and it's right. so much more complicated than that. So, it's a 100 million dollar per year business were you surprised by that i was yeah a hundred million dollars is a lot of money for like just to just to learn how to have sex with women i actually thought that that was low did you i thought it was going to be a bigger industry it's targeting a portion of the population that is like generally desperate men who are willing to throw a lot of money at a problem and this is the thing you know you know what it was it it just goes to show you how small the pool of actual clients are because when they're paying anywhere from a couple thousand dollars to tens of thousands of dollars for these intensives and boot camps and all these kinds of things and it's only a hundred million dollars a year it's really exploitive it's super exploitive. Uh, like and 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 that's the thing these these guys are so slick at making think making these men think that women are the enemy Mm -hmm. and it's like the enemy's in front of you bro taking your twenty seven hundred dollars for a weekend work workshop yeah so the reality is is that it takes courage to approach someone that you're attracted to yes and that is where the exploitation comes in yeah is that you know instead of kind of building yourself up which i feel like that is is a better strategy yeah like just and and i think that you know the men's rights movements have has has curdled into something that is insidious and but we've done an episode on how we need more men supporting other men in right. being better people. Yeah. Not not about, hey, let's all get together and figure out how we can how we can get as many women into bed as possible. Let's 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 get together and support each other in talking about our emotions or going through things or how to be better or hook each other up like, mm-hmm, you mm-hmm. know, like networks and things like that. Like yeah. but the exploitation of not just women, but the men that are paying for this. They take advantage of, yes. of the fact that these men are looking for a community. Yes. They're looking to belong to something. 
because they're lonely. Yes. And and here's a way to achieve something that they really want and find a group of like-minded people. Right. It's very it, it's very it's a very powerful attractant. And you see it near the end. I don't want to jump too far ahead, but you see them they they get up and speak in front of the group and they mm-hmm. talk about, you know, I never imagined that I would find a community like this and and a lot of them get very very emotional. Yeah. And it's like that's all you need. Yeah. That that is what we're trying to tap into. That is what you need to show yeah. people that you're interested in yeah. that you're an actual fucking human being. But some of these some of these subjects of these of this documentary it just made me feel it was like uh, the the gotcha pickup. Right. Where there's footage of of young men on the street just just literally standing there like a rock in a river with salmon going by yeah. and trying to accost them as they go by like hey hey how you doing hey oh look at how beautiful you are hey you got to come talk to me and i mean there are some women they're like uh okay and then other women they're like no i don't like and they just keep walking but they they reach out and grab some of these yeah, women because there's these things you got to make contact there's all these steps yeah, on, on which, how you have to do it which we'll go through yeah so pickup basically started in the 80s with a man named Ross Jeffries. They, and they had this guy they on. Had and this I'm guy. like, what is going on with this? Yeah, like he was on talk shows yep. in the 80s. And he, he was like, it's the height of the 80s, right? So he looks like a super skinny Eugene Levy. Like a Bob Ross Yeah, type. yeah. And sort of like the, you know, remember the old, uh, like, Mr. Atlas or whatever, like the the fifty pound, the hundred pound weakling oh, at the, the back, beach, the back of the comic book, yeah, kind of thing, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he was basically he he was the one that has he was studying NLP, which what's NLP again? Neuro linguistic programming. Which, if you remember the Nexium episode, that was who what Nancy Saltzman, one of the like co founders of Nexium, yeah. she was an expert in. Which is basically hypnosis. Yeah. And so it uses tactics like mirroring and mirroring is, is basically like where we are. Can you explain why mirroring is important yeah, with I mean, human interaction? If you, if you want to be successful in sales, mm-hmm. mirroring is an incredibly important technique to help your prospective client become more relaxed around you. So what is it? It's, it's literally mirroring. It's, it's, it's it's imi- imitating or or simulating the same kind of body posture, the same kind of speech patterns. The idea to try and create a sameness between you and the person you're talking to to relax them from being on guard. Think about going to negotiate for a car. Mm-hmm. The salesman there, it's a very adversarial sort of interaction. Mm-hmm. And a good salesman will try and mirror his prospective client to help tear down some of the resistance barriers that are automatically put up because you're on the defense and those kinds of things. Mm-hmm. And it, 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 again, it presupposes an adversarial interaction. Mm-hmm. And when you approach dating like a <laughs> combat sport, right? like a, a combat, combat sport, sport yeah. <laughs> it, it's no wonder that it gets treated like this, right? Mm-hmm. So basically, if they smile, you smile. It's like the ludicrous of human interaction. When I move, you move. Yeah. Just like you, that. If they cross their legs a certain way, you cross your legs to mirror it. Mm. If they've got their arms crossed, you cross your arms. Right. You know? And you have to make it look natural and not like Simon says, <laughs> you know, doing stuff. 
The other, the other aspect is anchoring. Mm-hmm. Can you explain that? That's the physical touch, isn't it? No, anchoring is is like sort of getting people to hook on to oh, things right. that about you that they would like. So like that you're motivated, that you're honest, that you're loving, that you're right. It's like people, things that people go, oh, well, this is what I'm looking for. In. Right. And when we talk about online dating and, and, and swiping on apps and things like that, I've talked to you before and I'll just let all of you know, leave, I, I talk yeah. about empty adjectives. Right. And empty adjectives are things that are not, immediately verifiable by the person that's viewing your profile. So, and those are red flags to me. So if I see a dating profile and they say, I'm honest and funny and loyal and, and, and intelligent. And I go, um, I'll be the judge of that. <laughs> like, how do I know that? How, you know, how, how do I know you're funny? How do I know you're my kind of funny? Right. What makes you think I'll find you funny or honest means what? Or loyal means what? Right. You only get blowjobs when I'm out of town? Yeah. <laughs> so, so people need to be cognizant of empty adjectives. Because, right. you know, talk about things that you can concretely either see or perceive without getting to know someone right, on, right. On, on a deeper level. But those are the kinds of things. And I think this is especially dangerous when so many people have a list of things in their head that they're looking for. And so they hear these anchoring words Mm -hmm. and they hook on. They hook on to somebody without really paying attention to who they are or what they're saying or what they're doing. And that creates this fake bond. Right. And like I said, I have all these notes and there were were certain quotes and things that people would say that just make me go, Well, they speak, they speak in, in acronyms for everything. And they all, they all have pseudonyms, which should tell you something. Well, yeah, they all have like these, it's like their gamer tag or something. (laughs) It's like, you know what? It reminds me of, of how after Top Gun, everybody thought it was cool to have. (laughs) Like I'm, I'm Maverick or Goose, or, yeah, like a call sign, and and these and and these these kind of quote, like they would have their name with their with their like, oh my god, call sign in quotes, so they, ridiculous, they, yeah, like Tyler for Tyler Durden, right, and and, and oh my god, Bruce yeah. Wayne, and I, and all of these all of these ridiculous things. So so one of them was, I don't care what women want, I care about what they respond to, huh. and. That tells you everything that, you need to was, know right That there. was uh, Ross Jeffries when he was being interviewed on that talk show, wasn't it? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. I think he, the host asked him like, so what is it that women want? I don't care what women want. I care what they respond to. Right. That he comes across as such a dick too in, in those interviews. Well, he was a dick. Super arrogant. And, you know, basically a, a, a Hugh Hefner wannabe. Mm-hmm. So what was the title of the book? Do you have that written down? It's like how to get any woman... Like yeah, how to succeed with women and get anyone you want in bed or something something uh, like that. Self-published pamphlet style. Yeah. I don't... I'll, I'll find it. You, yeah. You, you, you find do your thing. I'll find it right now. You know, when men talk about like women don't want nice guys, they don't like nice guys. The nice guy doesn't get anywhere. And the reality is, is that if you're being nice with an agenda, then you're not nice. I found it. Okay. What is it? Should I, t- should I share it with everybody? Yeah, go ahead. Okay. So... How to Get the Women You Desire into Bed by Ross Jeffries. And the subtitle, A Down and Dirty Guide to Dating and Seduction for the Man Who's Fed Up with Being Mr. Nice Guy. Right. So if you're being nice with an agenda, you're not nice. That's not nice. No. 
That's manipulative. Well, you've always said, do I want a good guy or a nice guy? Like, I want a good guy. Good guy, because nice guys are that sort of shit. Are assholes. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're just... Nice they're just, for, They're for, pretending to be nice. Yeah. To get you into bed. And and the whole and it's like, oh, nice will get you friend zoned. And it's like, well, pretending to be friends with a woman so that you can fuck her. What does that do to you? Isn't being a friend or nice. Yeah, right. It's shitty. Yeah. And it's manipulative. And some of the components in that book, I mean, again, it's from the 80s. So just as a caveat mm-hmm. and trigger warning on this. Some of the section, one of the sections, destroying last minute resistance to screwing. Sounds extremely rapey. Yeah. Destroying last minute resistance to screwing. First of all, destroying is such an aggressive adjective. Well, and also it assumes that once you're screwing, mm-hmm. then you're screwing and, uh, you, and you can't say no anymore. But that, and, and that is, that's very different now. Not, there are, there are states in the U.S. that oh, have God, laws yeah. that have been passed recently yeah, that say true. consent cannot be withdrawn once sex has started. Wow. Yeah. So yeah, that was in the eighties, but there, there are still places in, in our local area where that's actually applicable. You get them into bed and then after that, they can't, they can't accuse you of rape because you know, that if you can demonstrate, they consented to, to start the sex acts. Wow. I know it's crazy, right? Yes, it is crazy. I'm going to give you a guess which side of the political spectrum <laughs> those state legislatures are belonging to. Oh my God, to. I don't even want to go there. <laughs> like some of the notes that I wrote here are just funny. Like Baxter, Baxter. And I wrote, I wrote next to this with like eight U's. Fuck you. You didn't like Baxter. No, I found him kind of charming no. in, in some of his interviews. Mm-mm. And then I'm ashamed to say that one of the major players is from Toronto. Yeah. Mystery. Yeah. Who was a street magician. Yes. So which he should have stuck with that. But yeah. okay. He had that kind of look. He he had that kind of Chris Angel sort of <laughs> sort of vibe to him. Yeah. With an ostentatious hat. Mm-hmm. Right. And and you could see how there would be a lot of crossover between street magic where you're trying to just get random people to look at your shit mm-hmm. and pick up. Picking up women. Yeah. yeah. I'm sure, you know, it's just like dick pics, right? It's like it worked at some point where like he was doing street magic and then probably getting laid and then getting laid and was like, hey, I can just ditch this magic bullshit and just go straight for straight to the the fucking straight to the sex. Yeah. And again, ever present in this world and, and these major players bring it up. The talk about the alpha male. Yeah. The dominant male. Yep. That it's your superpower to be, you know, the alpha male, the guy who just kind of walks in and takes over and takes control of the situation. And he, his his method, the mystery method. Sounds like an oxymoron. <laughs> yeah, I guess if it's a mystery, there's yeah, no method to it. Yeah, it's a mystery. Who yeah. knows? Yeah. Give me $500. The madness method. Yeah. He, he teaches people, and this is where it starts, where it's like, it's not just enough for me to be fucking anybody I want. I'm going to charge other people lots of money for me to teach them how to do the same thing that I do. Well, you know, I don't know I don't know what street magicians make, but I imagine they're not millionaires. That's true. I don't yeah. think mystery is a millionaire either. No. And then he talks about, so this mystery guy talks about Project Hollywood, where like this is back when they were doing like, what, what, what were the, like message boards and shit, and shit oh, like that. Oh yeah, like ICQ and AOL Online. Yeah. And, and yeah. And early, he, early days. He moved, he wanted to, he moved to California and yeah. started something called Project Hollywood, where it was basically him and a bunch of dudes living in a house, mm-hmm. just 
studying this shit day and night and sharing their experiences on these message boards and getting other men to follow them. And Usenet. they're like, we had, we had 11,000 dudes following us. And now, now from today's social media, you go, bitch, please. Like what do the Kardashians have? Like hundreds of millions of, of followers. Oh, yeah. And I mean, like, yeah. And you get 11,000 dudes doing that. And they would document on these message boards. Yeah. It was like Successes. a it was like a laid report. Yeah, get get yeah, something like that. It's like brutal when they were successful, and they would and they and it's like borderline penthouse forum type Ugh. type stuff, right? And, and what I found so interesting about about this is that they are so cannibalistic. Yes, because all they do is fuck each other over. Well, that, I mean, th- this happens early on in this project Hollywood. Well, you know, like one guy fucks another guy's girlfriend. There's one guy who I was like, oh my God, I know this person, Neil Strauss, yeah. who posits himself as one of them and lives with them and, you know, is privy to all of this stuff. And then he, it turns out he's an undercover journalist yeah. who writes a book called The Game. And it was, at the, and they were all kind of like, what the fuck? And then a couple of the other ones break off and they steal each other's shit and just like, it's crazy. Yeah, because Mystery had Social Dynamics was his company. Right. And then these guys broke off and created a new company called Real Social Dynamics. <laughs> it's like, get a fucking imagination. There's there's, a, there's there's legit billions and billions of words out there. And, and you just, you, you couldn't come up with a whole new phrase. You just had to add on. It's just so lazy. Yeah. And again, so they talk about 80% of attraction is mimicking characteristics and behaviors of a high status male and there's that thing again that's sort of the offshoot of the alpha male the high status male what does that mean exactly what does that mean it means you have a nice car and like good looking well dressed have money okay and and those signs of wealth will be enough to attract and that goes back to the whole thing that men want to spread their seed as wide as possible (laughs) And women just want a good provider. Right. Right. Which is not super really basic. True. It's super basic and not true. But. Yeah. So then, you know, we kind of move into the method. Okay. Okay. And the, the sort of the course of it is like the steps of it are attraction, comfort, seduction. Right. Those are your three steps. Right. So you establish the first two and you'll get to the third. Right. So, so the first part is the opener. Okay. Okay. And and that's I think that's what most people have the hardest time with. Like, what do you say? And and getting over that shyness is a, mm. is a valid technique, sure. right? Yeah, and, yeah. and that is very useful and a lot of people could benefit from from Absolutely. having a good opener without all the other shit that goes along with it. Because there's like when you're meeting somebody an opener, which I think in real life it's easier to open because there's common environment and something like that yeah. but but then online there's ease with online because you don't have to stand there and look at them and look at their face and go what the fuck yeah you know but but then you have a tendency to use more generic openers hey <laughs> anybody go, get that in their dating profile i'm going to whole foods you need anything <laughs> oh, the, the, yeah the disease on sorry pickup line and so they 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 talk about the false time constraint 
It's like, well, I, hey, like I'm on my way somewhere, but hey, um, I just had to stop and say, I just like, had to stop gorgeous. and say, yeah. And then the negging. Can you talk about negging for a little bit? Because <laughs> so, it's just, it, oh. I was watching, I was watching an episode of Rick and Morty with my kids, and I have to be very selective on which episodes I watch oh with them Lord. because it's really not meant for young children. And there's this one episode where Morty's trying to get Rick to do something, and he's like, "I see what you're doing." And before it was negging, it was called reverse psychology, <laughs> and and I was kind of like. Oh shit, that's exactly what it is. Mm-hmm. Basically, negging is a backhanded compliment. It's not even, no, not necessarily. It's not even a compliment. I guess a lot not, of times. but it's perceived it's, as a compliment. It's it's an offhand comment that implies lack of interest on, right. on the part of the person who's doing it. Like, it's I've like, never seen anybody look good in stripes, but you're kind of pulling it off. I guess not even a great neg, because it's still kind of complimenting. Well, what was the one that we saw the other night where it was like, oh, uh, with uh, Carrie and Burger, and she orders a strawberry shake. And he's like, who drinks strawberry shakes past the age of 11? There we go. Yeah, that's a good neg. Right? And yeah. you go, what do you mean? Right? Yeah. And what, the, what it does, and it works best on women that are insecure. Yes. And 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 this is in no by no means a hit piece on women or you know, that they deserve this kind of treatment or behavior. But the women on the street where, where he goes, hey, you got to talk to me for a second. They go, no, I fucking don't. They ju- you just let them go because they're, they're, they're a lost cause, yeah. right? But the ones that go, oh, okay, like, yeah. I'm going, I'm, I'm, I'm just, that are trying to be polite and just trying to get on with their day. Like the, this poor woman that was trying to walk to her, her yoga, yoga class, class yeah. and he's like, hey, where are the good yoga studios around here? And it's just like, oh, uh, like, and he's following her and walking next to her. And it's just like, this is why women need jujitsu. It's like, step the fuck away from me before I choke you the fuck out. Okay? Yeah. Don't touch me. Don't walk next to me. But it it, it plays on insecurities. And yeah. if there are women that... Are fronting in some way. Yeah. And if they're putting on confidence, if they're kind of faking it till they make it, mm-hmm. this game... Cuts, cuts right through right it. Right through that. Yeah. And it's so insidious because it, it starts at the beginning exploiting someone and taking advantage of their vulnerabilities instead of, you know, making them feel actual comfort by not calling them out or not making them feel shitty. Because this is the thing, like, listen, I'm not going to say that I haven't kind of felt the pang of that when somebody says something shitty to me and you go, well, I'm not like that and I'm going to prove that to you, right? Mm -hmm. And that's more what it, it, like... That feeling of, well, fuck you. I'm going to show you that I'm... Instead of just going, you're not even fucking worth my time. <laughs> so it's 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 very clever. It's it's clever because it works. Yes. And that's why it's perpetuated because it works. There's a dating coach, which is really the only woman that they bring into this. At, who, oh, yes, who, from the UK. She's from the UK. And she talks about how her whole thing was to try and give guys the chance to practice on someone. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. that's how she kind of became aware of this whole yes. pickup culture type thing. And she's like, yeah, unfortunately, it works really, really well. It works well. really well. Really, yeah. really well. She she was great because she talked about like, I, you know, I was trying to give these guys confidence and and strategies to and she's and she just became increasingly more uncomfortable yeah. with how that was going and she didn't want to be lumped in with these guys yeah, and she was yeah. just like I'm out. So the first step so that's opener is the first step. So yeah. the second step is comfort. Okay. And that is when when you were talking about the physical escalation. So that's like 
touching, becoming familiar. Like the more you touch people and have contact with them. Get them used to your touch. Which sounds like... So uh, shaking their hand and letting it go. (laughs) Holding shit for an uncomfortably long period of time to overcome that discomfort. You're just like... It's so cringy to watch. Yeah, oh my God. When they take someone's hand and they don't let it go or they put another hand on top of it. And the women, again, we are so socialized to defer to men and not be polite and not make them uncomfortable because embarrassed men tend to murder us. Margaret Atwood. Yes. Men are men are afraid that women will embarrass them. We'll laugh at them. Laugh at them. And women are afraid that men will kill them. Yep. So kind of summarizes kind of summarizes the difference between men and women. And also the exact sort of what both sides are feeling in these kinds of interactions. Sure. And why women like when 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 people say, "Well, why didn't she just fight or why didn't she just walk away or why didn't she do this or why didn't she do that?" Because Oh, victim blame, that's a good idea. Because we get killed. Yeah. When men are embarrassed and emotional sometimes. He's looking at you, OJ. Ugh, okay, no, don't, no. I don't want you want to go there. So then they talk about, and, and the other part that fucking makes me cringe is where, you know, you need to isolate them. You need to get them right. away from their friends. You need to, and you're like, no, 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 well, no, no, no. Well, Baxter, Baxter talks about it in, in his whole thing about how you have to engage everybody in the group, even if they're not your target. Yes. But then once you've done that. Once you've done that and they all go, oh, he's fun. He seems nice. So then they're not like hovering while you That's right. pull her to a dark alley That's or, right. or a bathroom I mean, stall or and something. Let's, I mean, let's be clear. They're not, I'm not calling them all rapists. And that one scene where they go to the bar mm-hmm. and it's like, look, she's, you know, she's doing this. Go, go talk to her and go and do that and say this to her and, comp- and whatever. Like that was kind of like real time. Yeah. You know, feedback and coaching. Just get used to going up to people. Get used to you know being comfortable with that. That was like okay, like okay. That's a little bit different than the like gotcha pickup on the street where it's like you're just you're just trying you're just trying to go to fucking buy a magazine and people are like you need to talk to me get the fuck out of my face. But but yeah, exactly because they're in they're in an it's like it's like having public sex. There are places where it it is accepted, like at a sex club. (laughs) And places where it's frowned upon, like a playground. Oh my lord! <laughs> so, so, but well, but, it depends on what time it is. Well, it, even still, there's that um, horrible bosses. I haven't seen that. Oh, you haven't seen that movie? No. Great movie. And one of the characters, Charlie Day's character in it, uh, is on a sex offender registry. Oh, great! Because he got caught pissing in a children's playground at two o'clock in the morning and because he had his dick out in a playground he got on a sex offenders list and his boss is jennifer aniston and she totally like sexually harasses him yeah she does over it because what's he gonna do he's on a sex offender list right but the thing is is with this pickup artistry practicing it in a bar is the right venue for that yeah, just practicing to sit on Sunset Boulevard at ten o'clock in the morning on a Sunday is it's like not. A, it's like immersion therapy. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's like it's like the other night when we watched all the horrible drivers and yeah. like terrible accidents yeah. for me to try and get over my fear of being a passenger in any vehicle. <laughs> Did it work? No. Well, you were a little well, bit better yesterday when we went driving. It wasn't raining. Yeah, it was spitting. Okay. <laughs> it was street driving. It was street it driving. Was, sorry, city driving. Yeah. That's different. So then the third step is the seduction. Right. And this is what everybody wants to get to. Right. And this is 
this is when they talk about the last minute resistance, destroying that last minute resistance. And it's reminiscent of the, the Ross Jeffries yes. book from the 80s. And they talk about the point of no return before sex occurs. And apparently in some states that's still a thing, but it's not a thing. There is no <sighs> point of no return. I mean, there's a point of inevitability, but that's usually when you're about to come. Yeah. But, but there's no point in no return. You can withdraw that that consent. At any time. At any time. And I wrote here in big cap letters, no. <laughs> it's so, it, it, it made my stomach turn to think about that, that. That there are actually like, here's what to say, do, in case she's, She's going, I don't know. And this is this is where we really need to focus on enthusiastic consent. Yeah. Fuck yes. I would love a cup of tea. Thank you. <laughs> not, um, yeah, well, I guess. I'm not sure. I don't know. Like, oh, I, uh, no, that's not consent. And knocking all of that down is not consent. It's coercion. Well, and it gets even more insidious than that because they take these things like isolate the target and, you know, get to that seduction point to be like, do you want to go get some ice cream? And then the ice cream place is your apartment. (laughs) Oh my God. I have lots in my freezer. Yeah. Well, and they make a distinction. And this is another thing that like they talk about real versus token resistance. Right. Token resistance. Like it's, it's. It's the other part of the way women are socialized where we're supposed to say no for a little bit yeah, because- just so that you don't think we fuck everybody. The thing is, is that there's only one type of resistance. It is not up to you to decide whether my resistance is real, quote, air bunnies, or token. No is no. Right. And would you not rather take my no for a no than go, eh, I feel like she's faking it just to put on a good show. No, enthusiastic consent means just that. Yeah. Enthusiastic consent. And if it's eh, then it's a no. Yeah. And if if it is trepidation about how she's going to be perceived, she will get over that on her own. Not with coercion from you. Well, and they're trying to close this in the span of uh minutes or hours, not oh, yeah. over days. Yeah, right? no. And yeah, this is not like a, a relationship. This is like meet you, you know, like neg you, <laughs> neg you, touch you, fuck you in like you said, what a couple of hours. Yeah, um, hopefully multiples in a, in a, in a, in the same night. I mean, is their goal right? And this is the thing, you know, they're they're treating women like lab rats, like stimulus response machines. Like they're just, it's like, well, let me poke them this way and see what they do but and if you're, let me elicit a response from them but if you're if you're a guy out there that has never had success with women and then you you're taught this magic formula on how to start sleeping with women you feel like a superhero yeah but 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 how long before that starts to erode who you are as a human being and they 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 get into that yeah as 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 the doc as the doc goes on because again we were sitting here wondering like what is this is this just an advert for for how awesome 
PUAs are, yeah, or or how, yeah, how what that? happens, and why is Ross Jeffries the found, like basically the granddaddy of all of this, who was invited by Mystery and those guys to come and live oh, in, the, yeah. in the Project Hollywood house, and he was like, fuck oh, no, fuck that guy, and he was really disparaging about that. I'm like, oh, maybe, maybe there is something going on here. Mm-hmm. Like, where is this going? So the next player that I would like to talk about okay. is Justin Wayne. Oh yeah, the Wayne dating program right and he he has all kinds of stuff on youtube like hidden camera videos and stuff like that now he has roticism a roticism speech impediment okay think think elmer fudd yeah so he has issues with r's and w's like all his r's sound like w's and this is not to disparage him for that but we were talking about like you know this is probably something that's plagued him his entire life and pushed him into into pursuing pickup game because it's like, well, I'm going to show these bitches like everybody that made fun of me in school, everybody that made fun of me in high school, I'm going to fucking get back at all these bitches for doing that. And, and I'm going to, I'm going to make this my life's work. And some of the video that they showed was so awful. Really awful. Really awful. Like he, we get, we'll get there. And this is the thing. How about, how about a little bit of an investment in yourself in speech therapy? That might not be possible to fix, though. Uh, it, it, it Speech therapy is pretty... Like, I have a really, really good friend of mine who had a very pronounced sideways lisp. Okay. And she went to speech therapy, and it doesn't exist anymore. Oh, wow. Okay. So it's, it's very... It's very... It's very powerful. Like, it, it works a lot of the time. Okay. But... He does these ha- hidden camera videos, and then he was running these boot camps yeah. for men, yeah. and they were charging between a thousand and thirty five hundred dollars for a weekend. Yeah, like, and then they were talking about day game versus night game, right? And as soon as you've got alcohol involved, you want to get physical as soon as possible. <sighs> you want, and yeah, which is another issue, right? What were you gonna just consent? What was that? Yeah. Just consent, and and that the fact that you know at night. People are are in a different sort of headspace than they are during the day. So you yeah. got to adapt your game to... Yeah. Yeah, I feel like people are more on guard during the day. Sure, because they're going to yoga class or... Or work. Or work or... <laughs> to yeah. the grocery store. But at night... If Let me live, if damn. They're, but if they're, at, if, if they're at a bar at night or in a nightclub, it's a different sort of headspace, a different sort of mindset, right? And and he, I think he was the most problematic for me because I felt I felt that he was the most predatory. He seemed extremely aggressive in yes. a non-threatening kind of way. Like he was talking about alpha males, like alpha males make women do things they don't want to do, and you're like, that's rape, bro. Yeah. yeah. And and like there's a short line to yeah. assault and rape with with these guys. Taking chicks home, like he would just take and he would say, don't listen to them. Like, don't listen to what they say. Like, don't listen to them. Yeah. Because they, you know, they want to fuck you. They just, you know, they just, you just need to convince them. Yeah, you got to get You just need to break down, destroy that last minute resistance and, you know, don't listen to what they're saying. Yeah. And it's like, and there's that dehumanizing Uh thing again that, that turns these I'm I'm using air bunnies again, relationships into like stimulus response and Skinner experiments where it's like you punish bad behavior, you reward good behavior. Yeah. It's so like oh, it's it's just really it's so problematic on mm-hmm. so many levels. Like it I, I And that that one video he showed about how he was going to take home two women in the same night. Yes. 
And the video of him in the hotel room mm-hmm. assessing their butts and, and, yeah. and doing all this stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and even the women going, I don't want to do this. Yeah. And he's like, oh, come on. What are you like? Yeah. What, what, what's are you the problem? Being, yeah, why, what's the problem? Why, why are you being, being like this? Yeah, like, come on. Just stop, right? And you're like, are we about to see somebody get raped? Like, is that what yes. this is? Is that what this is? Is that what's going to happen now? Yeah. And I think, I mean, not to jump ahead, but I think a little bit later, isn't he the same guy that like gets all these women to like tattoo his name on their body? Yeah. Which was another overlap with fucking Nexium. And what is it with men and branding? Yeah. And then they meet. And then he and then he gets them all together and they all show each other their fucking Justin Wayne tattoos. And it's like, oh. Well. And a couple of them are like, this is fucked up. And he's yeah. like, why? I didn't make you do this. Yeah. I didn't say you were the only one that had my name on you. Like, oh my God. And it's just so like, ugh. Yeah. And then, then there's Julian Blanc. Okay. Actually, sorry. He, I'm sorry. He was the worst one. Julian Blanc was definitely the worst one. He was the one who... Oh my who, God, he fired some um, shit on Twitter, man. He had an Asian girlfriend. Yes. And he basically openly said, yeah, I fuck other women. And she's not allowed to fuck other men, but I fuck other women. And, you know, I usually it's, I, usually it's Asians because they're like obedient little dogs. Yeah. Dogs, that that word specifically. Obedient little dogs. Yeah. And there's some undercover footage of him in Japan. Yes. Yeah, that's that's basically what got him like and then we'll we'll get into this. Like okay. some of his tweets that they that they post that they showed in this documentary were some of the most repugnant things I'd ever read oh in my, my god, life. They were so offensive. Like, one of them was under the hashtag, just so you know. It's a lot easier to treat her like shit if you objectify her first. Fuck her. Don't fuck her over. Just kidding. Fuck her over, too. Yeah. And this is the thing. A lot of these guys do this for the respect and admiration of other men. Yeah. And I just can't get that that TikTok that we saw. It lives rent-free in my head. Talking about how straight men are heterosexual. In other words, they only have sex with women. But they are homoerotic. So all of the respect, admiration, love, connection is with other men. And they admire other men and they want, you know, attention and respect from other men. And it's, it was so like, oh my God. Well, that was reinforced. We watched the new season of Dave and Lil Dicky and Benny Blanco were basically doing that. Oh my God. Don't even get me started with that. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I woke up with a cloud over my head after those first three episodes. I don't even know what happened. <laughs> I don't even know what's going on. And and you wonder, like, how many of these men are closeted? Mm. There's there's a guest that we're hoping to get on the show soon. And he he has a series on TikTok called Straight Men Aren't Straight Part How Whatever. Yeah. And there's like Part 8,005. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and this, this Julian Blanc, I think the worst tweet was, man, I will teach you to shatter her lack of consent, pay me, and rape them all. Yeah. I'm just going to let that sit there for a second. It's fucking terrible. And let that fucking sink in. And this guy, yeah, this was the guy that was in Japan. Yeah, he was part of Real Social Dynamics. And he was basically, it's same thing, he was doing hidden camera videos, mm-hmm. street videos, of him fucking assaulting yeah. women on the street. He was being racist as fuck. Yeah. Just saying, like saying, just saying Pikachu yeah, over and over Pikachu again. T-shirt on. He's like, Japanese women are great. You just say like Pikachu or Toyota or like just all these like Japanese words. And, and then they laugh. And, and then he would grab their heads and yeah. shove them into his crotch. Yeah. And it was 
like, honestly, it made me violent. Like, I'm like, I I choose violence with it. Like, it was so bad. I guess he had to leave Australia. Well, in the footage from one of the seminars he was talking at, he, you know, he's laughing about this and like, this is amazing. Go, this is fantastic. And he got chased out. Chased out of Australia. Yeah, these videos came out while he was doing a series in Australia. Yeah. And he basically got chased out of Australia. And the people who were at the seminar, they, the police had to protect them because they had all these protesters yeah. outside. And the poor guys that signed up for this course, knowingly or unknowingly, what the subject matter was about, are like, holy shit, we're going to get fucking lynched here. Mm-hmm. There was a young woman named Jen Lee who... Oh, she started the hashtag. She started the hashtag, like, basically cancel Julian Blanc. And was like cold emailing different venues and hotels and places that had had him booked to yeah. come in and was like, I'm sure that you don't want yeah. your business to be associated with the, with this this person because he assaults women. And, yes. Yeah. And the vitriol that was thrown back at this woman. Oh yeah. Yeah. Death threats, rape threats. And I mean, you can't it has to affect you. And it did affect her. But it's like Where's the support for this woman? Mm-hmm. It's crazy. And then there was the point, you know, where they talk about they were using, I, I think uh, the interview with Chris Cuomo, he was interviewing this this Julian Blanc guy. And he was <laughs> he was giving him like this, which is like rich coming from, you know, Governor Cuomo, Cuomo's brother. Yeah, but, I, I was joking. I was like, where's Matt Lauer? Is he, is he on the other side of this? Yeah. <laughs> Bill O'Reilly is running the camera. Cosby's uh, doing craft services. But they were talking about, he was talking about how these men basically use the Duluth model of abuse, the abuse wheel, to flip all of the ways that men abuse women and use them to fuck them. Yeah, and turn it into like a a step-by-step on picking up women so you can have sex with them. Yeah. Unbelievable. And then they they talked to Paul Janka, who is another kind of like granddaddy, not quite from the 80s, but mm. a granddaddy of this, of sort of the modern pickup guy. And that was another one where he was, it was kind of like, what's his angle on this? Mm-hmm. And he, he was talking about like, you know, guys are doing this for validation and money and orgasms. And isn't like, isn't that what everybody wants? But he's like, it's not a good look at 70, dude. It's it's oh, not a good look. I'm remembering who this guy is now. You're yeah, like, and yeah. how they turn on each other, and men are so starved for community. Yeah, and and tribe building that they all fucking need therapy. They just need therapy. If yeah. they could just get therapy and counseling, they could be better people and make make healthy male friendships. Yes, yeah. can we? And and healthy female friendships. Yeah, yeah. That whole thing, like. You know, manosphere. Oh, you don't be friends with women. Like, I don't have any female friends. If if we're not smashing or about to smash, like, I don't need you in my life. And it's like that. That is a a, a giant chasm in your emotional life. If you don't have any women that are willing to be friends with you, you are a piece of shit. Mm-hmm. Bottom line. Yeah. And I think we need to normalize therapy for everyone. Yeah. Everyone. Yeah. Everyone could use a tune-up. Absolutely. Everybody. Absolutely. And I, I'll tell you this right now, confident women who are ready to be in an emotionally mature adult relationship will react very favorably to men that have been in therapy or are going to therapy. Have done, have done work on themselves have done the work. emotionally. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, regardless of like what kind of fucking car you drive, 
it it's a lot like a cult it is and the power that these coaches and trainers wield over their students they're idolized like gods yeah because they have all the answers and if you just spend enough money and spend enough time in their orbit mm-hmm. you too will have the same success yeah they become these guys heroes and paul janka the one that you just brought up basically he gets married and mm-hmm. leaves the game has a couple of kids has a couple of kids and he's like yeah like isn't that the goal the goal was to was to be like meet your partner right and then move on to the next phase of your life but that's not the way it's sold it's about fuck as many women as you can because that's that's what makes you feel good yeah and he talked about he was the most successful when he was the most pathological and least caring but he had a, like an aha moment. Let's think about that for, for a second. When he didn't care and he was at his most pathological where it was just like, my son was telling me the other night he watched American Psycho for the first time. Right. And that whole like Patrick Bateman type character where it's yeah. just like, I don't give a fuck about you. And right. And he talked about this penetrating loneliness. Yeah that he had during this time in his life. And he was completely dead inside. Yeah, how and dehumanizing think, it was to be the more successful you were, the deader you felt inside. And and is that what people are striving for? To be dead inside and even more lonely, even with the orgasms? I mean, I get it. People would be like, I'd rather be lonely with orgasms than without. But you can do that for yourself. You don't need, yeah. you don't need to like dehumanize other people. And I think that was the biggest point was that the more you dehumanize women, the more of your own humanity that you lose. Yeah. Yeah, because you have to, You're. T- this is the kind of thing, you know, you wonder how atrocities can occur like when soldiers do war crimes. Mm-hmm. They don't just wake up one day and go, I'm going to do this terrible thing. It's this yeah. indoctrination to get to that point where you can separate your humanity from the actions that you're doing. That's right. And that's what's happening in these pickup circles mm-hmm. and Jenka talked about it how to get to that point to be ultra successful you had to completely separate your humanity from what you were doing yeah and then they kind of got into a little bit of like the game as in the hustle of this the hustle of, of like the business game the business game so they so there was one like there was like a week in saint tropez yeah for like nine thousand pounds yeah because Baxter and Mystery team up. They're kind of like... Yes. Of, and they were the one that, ones that asked Ross Jeffries to join them. And he was like, fuck, no, yeah. I'm not and, doing that. And, and then there's Real Social Dynamics is kind of the other one. And they're just yeah. two. And then the Wayne dating thing. So they're just a couple of, yeah. of the... There's quite a few. There's quite there, a few out there. And then they started talking about how, well, this is what's really going on. Right. And they talked about some of the things like hiring escorts. Yeah. To be... In the orbit of these men. To be plants. To make these men think that it works. Or hiring girls at the bar to be friendly to these guys. And they showed text messages about, you know, messaging actors or agents to get, hey, we need to to hire so-and-so to to play a girlfriend type at uh, at the bar. It's going to be three hours and we need them to do this, this, and this. And of course, none of the ones that they interviewed said that they did that, Mm -hmm. even though Mm -hmm. some of the people said, oh, I have firsthand knowledge that these mm-hmm. guys actually that they do, do that. This. Yeah. There was, there was a guy who was hiding his identity that was like giving us all the skin. Oh, he was, he, was, he was like mm-hmm. a 
online marketing yeah. expert yeah, yeah, that yeah. worked with a lot of these companies. It was kind of like the inside man. And he was saying like 98% of these instructor instructor approaches don't work. Yeah, the videos they show are They're very a couple selective. of minutes of, of days of footage where it doesn't work, which makes sense. I mean, you're not going to, it's a highlight reel, right? Yeah, exactly. And I just, I just want to give special mention to that landlord who noticed those two women actually these two guys three of them actually i three think of them. all went to jail for rape yeah and that only happened because she happened to be paying attention to people going in and out of the building and noticed these two young women coming out like absolutely destroyed yeah and called 911 yeah to report a rape because i think she talked to them and they were well, like my she, friend got raped she pulled the surveillance footage of the oh, building. Yes, that's right. And and then and then contacted the police department and said, I have have a detective contact me because I think I can help with this with, mm-hmm. with, with I think there's a case here. There's something that needs to be looked into. Yeah. And I mean, good on her for not just going, Oh fuck, whatever. Right. And, like And these were two coaches and a student of mm, one of mm-hmm. these pickup organizations mm-hmm, that that had done this. So I think the other thing to look at is like, why, why has this propagated and grown the way it has? And there were some suggestions that there are no male mentors anymore. Yeah. That men are looking for leadership or mentors and they end up on the internet. Mm -hmm. And I mean, again, I don't want to make this about porn, but I feel like also... Just like drugs and alcohol, porn is not for children, but it's so accessible right. that this is what boys and young men passes for instruction from the age of twelve or Got younger. It. Yeah, are like wait that long. their brains are soaking in hardcore porn from the time they're able to navigate the internet, and it's terrifying to think that they think that this is what sex is and yeah. this is this is how you treat women and and if you in in the absence of a of a male mentor and this is why it's so important that you are the father that you are because you're teaching your boys how to be men and you're teaching your daughter how like what is proper treatment yeah and that she has a voice and she has you know the agency. ability to agency and confidence mm. so she won't feel fall prey to being negged by right. this kind of garbage. Yeah. So near the end, they talk to Ross Jeffries again, and he speaks about how he is ashamed of his book now. Yeah. He said that that time when he wrote it, he was angry and misogynistic and that he, you know, he just, he realizes now that this was not the way to go. Yeah. And like, how do you feel about that? How do you feel about like what he's saying now? And you think about how many people have been influenced by his book. And then now like this teeny tiny little documentary of him going, yeah, sorry about that. I was wrong. And Paul Janka saying I was wrong. Like, what do you, what do you say to that? Well, I don't know. I don't know how, if, if you're as big as you were in that movement, I don't know how you can go back in time and erase your contribution to that movement, whether you are proud of that contribution now or not. Mm -hmm. Uh, Short of becoming an activist against it, I don't know what else they could do. I mean, I'm glad they came around. Mm -hmm. 
But it's like when we watched last week tonight with it's John like, Oliver. Do, do a TED talk. Yeah. Well, when you watch a, a you know one of these late night comedians and you're and and they and they slam a politician, you're like, yeah, of course. Well, the people that support that politician aren't watching that, right? right? The people that yeah. are men's rights. Mm-hmm. devotees are not watching a documentary about the pickup game no that's true no exactly so it's preaching to the choir on on this so i, I don't know it's a bit self-serving in terms of like image re- rehab to do that i mean he doesn't really have a public a public sphere anymore like no. he, he lives a very quiet life with his cats and yeah. he's you know and he's Got in a girlfriend a, he's in a relationship yeah. and and i but i i think i think paul janka i think his kind of come around was powerful because well, he's that, still a young guy he's still a fairly young guy i think he's like in his mid-30s or something yeah. like that and so what are your takeaways with all of this like for young men and this is the thing again i get very incensed by all of this because i have two young men yeah they're in that the I'm demo raising, that would be completely inside that demographic yeah. <sighs> wanting to have sex and not being successful at having sex or the opportunity to have sex or a relationship or a relationship woman. but not everybody when is, you're tw- when you're 21 you don't give a shit about no that. Okay. You, you just want to get laid right and i can see the attraction of these methods if it's like a, that secret formula to to get there but i think the the fact that you have to slowly condition yourself away from what i would hope would be a natural response to these techniques of mm-hmm. revulsion and like this doesn't feel right. Mm-hmm, like you have to mm-hmm. move past that mm-hmm, to, mm-hmm. for that resistance, for your own resistance to be seen as a barrier to your own success. And so you have to get rid of all your morals and get rid of all your ethics. Mm-hmm. And if you want to be super successful, just, you know, fucking become pathological. pathological. It makes me sad that there are people out there that see that this is the only way mm-hmm. For them to become, to, to have the relationship and the connections that they want, whether they just want to get laid or they want to get a girlfriend or mm-hmm, a partner mm-hmm, or whatever, mm-hmm. for this to be the way that they see is the best, mm-hmm. the best way to do that. I feel very confident in saying that dehumanization in any form is not going to lead to anything fulfilling. No. And being dead inside is not a great place to be, even if you are conquering. Yeah. All, slaying all that pussy. Yeah. And when you're doing it dishonestly, it's, you know that, you know that. And when you're hurting people and you're erring on the side of assault and rape, it doesn't get you anywhere as a human being. My takeaway, I've got it. Okay. If somebody wants to fuck you, they will fuck you. Mm -hmm. You won't need to trick them. You won't need to coerce them. You won't need to separate them from their friends and do all that stuff. If somebody wants to have sex with you, they will have sex with you. And if they're not having sex with you, move on. Billions of other people. Legit three and a half billion opposite sex people out there. If you're straight. And if you're bi. If you're bi, seven billion people. Yeah. Except your family, I guess. But (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, that's, that's the takeaway. If you have to engage in some form of trickery to get somebody in bed. Trickery is not consent. That should alarm you. Yeah. And consent can be sexy. It is totally sexy. Absolutely. Is there anything sexier than enthusiastic consent? No. No, because here's the thing. If somebody wants to be there and they want to fuck you, they're going to do all those wild fucking things that you want them to do. (laughs) Maybe. Yeah. As opposed to two and a half pumps in a bathroom stall at a bar. Oh, God. 
God. I know, right? Cringy. But, you know, Cringy, yes. by some people, that's a measure of success. So, yeah, that's my takeaway. Not the two and a half pump. My takeaway okay. is that if somebody wants to fuck you, they will fuck you. And if you have to trick them to fuck you, they're not the person for you. B, what's your takeaway? Everyone deserves therapy. Yep. To be a whole human being and we and so that we can form communities and relationships and connections as fucking humans not as you know like you said street magician trickster coercion machines illusion (laughs) is not the way to get somebody into bed this was a tough one to do but thank you for doing that with me thanks everyone thanks for listening see you next time bye